most kids who are growing up in Christian homes, they know all the answers. But what they need to know is that the adults in their lives actually care about them and hear them when they have concerns or frustrations. Hi, you're listening to the Zantaler Podcast. When my family started our homeschooling journey, there were so many decisions to make. But one of our best decisions was choosing to use BJU Press Homeschool. I've never seen my kids so excited to get textbooks before. I'm amazed by how interesting and interactive the lessons are. My kids actually look forward to them. We use the online video lessons for all our courses, but I know some families choose to teach from the textbooks. What I love is that I can trust BJU Press to uphold our values. The Bible and biblical principles are woven throughout each subject. I'll admit, I was a bit nervous when I started homeschooling, but I've found a wonderful online community of other BJU Press homeschool families and consultants. The Homeschool Hub also makes my job easier. I can set up our schedules and rearrange them with just a few clicks. On the dashboard, I can see each of my kids' progress, and the assignments page shows me quickly what's ready for me to check or grade. I'm glad my son's biology assignments are automatically graded. BJU Press Homeschool has given us the tools and confidence to homeschool our children. For more information, do what I did and visit the BJU Press Homeschool website or talk with your local HomeWorks consultant. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast, where our goal is to help you thrive on your homeschooling journey. Let me take just a minute to ask you, please, to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. And if this podcast has been helpful and encouraging for you, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You won't believe how much that really does help us. We're also available now on YouTube. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, where we have even more content and some really great reels. So today I want to ask you, have you ever wondered if a co-op might be a help to you and your kids? We have David Swarbuck with us in the studio, the founder and executive director of One Day Academy for homeschool students. One Day Academy has 21 campuses in the state of Texas and over 2,000 students that attend, and you guessed it, they attend one day a week. David is a former math professor with master's in mathematics from Texas State University, and he also has a master's in theology or divinity. He homeschooled his four children who are now all grown. He is the author of The Case for Christian Homeschooling, Examining the Evidence, as well as The Seven-Layer Diet, which I think I probably need more than the rest of it, David. So... So welcome, and thank you so much for being here, David. Well, thank you for having me, and it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. David and I first met at um, the Texas Home THSC conference. Was it in um, the Woodlands, or was it the other one, David? Do you remember? I think it was in the Woodlands. Two. Yeah, the Woodlands, back when they yeah. weren't doing Dallas. Okay, yes. So it has been a couple of years ago, but that was just, it was so great to meet David and hear him speak. We were actually both speaking, I think, on biblical worldview topics, David, and we were exchanging yes. notes a little bit. Yes, I was fascinated to listen to your, uh, to you speak and re quote you frequently in your saying that Christian homeschooling is a revival movement because it really is. I, I appreciate well, you explaining it that way. <laughs> oh, 
Well, thank you. It it makes me really feel good that I could tell you something that was meaningful for you because you have done so much for so many people. So, so David, as we get started, tell us how you got interested in homeschooling. And if I'm not mistaken, I think being a math professor had something to do with it. It did. Uh, I had been a pastor and so many people in South Austin, which is where I was living, knew that I was working as a math professor and homeschool families started asking me to help tutor their children and more, more requests and more requests. So finally in 1998, I started doing small group classes and was able to charge significantly less because it was small group. And that combination of math professor slash former pastor offering small groups was just what single income homeschool parents were looking for. Boy, that's pretty amazing. What did you notice about the homeschool students you were working with that might've been different about students you had had in other venues in um, other schools or other in college rooms? So having taught at a community college as well as a major university, and working with homeschool students, it became immediately apparent that they were fundamentally different as students than your average student population. They were fairly aspirational. They were pretty focused. Uh, they were teachable. When I would explain something and uh, put it on the board, they would actually take notes and ask questions. Uh, they. They seem to have a great deal of interest in doing well. And when you have one or two students like that, it's normal. When you have a whole class of students like that, it's not normal. And it was very striking immediately. Well, that is so interesting. So you have four children that you homeschooled during the course of their education, David. What do you perceive as the benefits of home education? So... There's several answers to that question. Academically, uh, as a professor and as a parent, I was able to really monitor and make choices about their education that I thought were sound and significant. Uh, emotionally, I was able to spend more time with them and invest in them directly, help shape their thinking and their worldviews and the questions they're asking. Um, spiritually, I think because we were closer than a lot of parents and children are, um, there's a greater deal of trust when, when kids, I, I personally think that the number one indicator of academic success is how much a child trusts the adult in their lives. And when oh, children boy. trust their Wait parents. Wait we, we, yes, we need to park there a minute because I'm not sure I've ever heard a college professor say that. So I want you to say that one more time so all the homeschooling mamas out there can hear this. <laughs> I think that the number one indicator of academic success in college and beyond is how much a child trusts the adults in their lives when they're growing up. If an adult says, value education because it's important, but they don't trust the adults, then they're not very likely to follow through on it. Whereas if they do trust the adults, they're very likely to follow through on it and to be very devoted in their hearts to it. 
Man, that just blows my mind. And I know that you have just set free thousands of homeschool moms to hear you say that because if nothing else, there is a great level of trust between moms and, yes. and dads and their children. So, so that's a great thing to build on. I think that that's the reason for my initial observation. They are teachable. They do care. They are aspirational because they trust their parents. And when their parents say, you need to figure out what God's called you to, you need to figure out what your gifts are, what your passions are, what you want to spend your, invest your life in, the kids are much more like, because they trust their parents, they're much more likely to act on it. Wow. That, that is really something that makes this whole podcast today worth it just to hear you say that, David. I'm all about good curriculum that's credible and helpful. Yes. But in the end, yes. it's really about how much the kids trust their parents. Well, there's no doubt that you value education and books and curriculum just from just from the credentials you bring to the table. But as a starting point, that what you said about the trust level gives us as homeschooling moms such a strong place to plant ourselves, yes. so to speak. Yes. I think God created kids that way and parents should act accordingly. <laughs> Amen to that. Um, so this may be a little bit redundant in light of what you said, but I know that as we've talked, you've told me that there's spiritual, that the spiritual reasons and the good opportunities that homeschooling provides is one or two of the things you've always valued about homeschooling. Yes. Homeschooling does a couple of things. Academically, it gives parents the opportunity to work with their children on finding solutions that are good solutions for their kids. Uh, students don't have to feel like they're trapped in a box, and they get a chance to see that their parents really care, and they're really responding to uh, what the students are saying their needs are. On a different level, because they're spending more time with their parents than their peers, parents actually get to speak into their worldview and their identity and their hidden inner recesses of their soul that kids are so good at keeping uh, hidden from their parents. When you send a, <laughs> even when a great Christian couple sends their kids off 50 hours a week to be around peers and other people, uh, the parents lose some of their credibility or not credibility, mm -hmm. they lose some of their uh, ability to shape their children and work with them. Yes. Yes, that's true. That's, that's a good distinction to make. That's right. So I also know, David, that you have a love for and a burden to teach from a biblical worldview perspective. How did that develop within you? And how do you prepare, prepare for teaching that way? Because I know there are lots of moms out there who love the Bible, but have no idea how to implement it into the way they teach their kids. I am very clear with my own kids. I was very clear when they were growing up. And with all my students, I'm very clear that I love Jesus. I accept the, the Bible as God's word, and it's authoritative in my life. And I try to walk with God every day and submit all my decisions and actions to him. Having said that, I spend much more time um, trying to 
help kids know how much I care and trying to be as real as I can and as authentic as I can. I try to uh, be lighthearted with the kids and joke around. Uh, I don't pray with them every class. I don't do Bible study with them. I let them know who I am, and then I let them know that I care about them and I'm devoted to them, and I treat them with respect and kindness. And I'm most kids who are growing up in Christian homes, they know all the answers. But mm-hmm. what they need to know is that the adults in their lives actually care about them and hear them when they have concerns or frustrations. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I love both parts of that because I think what you said is, you know, what Jesus said. The greatest command is to love God with love. all our heart, mind, That's and right. soul. But the second is like unto it, to love our neighbors as ourselves. And by virtue right. of the fact that you're being real with the kids and loving them, I don't think that means we have to have a Bible study every class period. But I, right. I think they just by virtue of they know what you believe, what you stand on and you care about them. I mean, that's the second greatest commandment. That's what they need. I see homeschooling as a great magnifier because the parents and the kids spend so much time together. And if the kids come to realize how much their parents care and love them, then their love and devotion is magnified. But if the kids feel used, if they feel neglected, if they feel like it's all about the parents being homeschool heroes. Then the kids figure that out, and it's magnified in the opposite direction, and things can go south very quickly if the kids feel like they're being used under the table. So really what you're saying is that our relationships are really key to yes. the way they learn and develop academically and spiritually in our it's homes. It's all one integrated package. That's right. Yeah, uh, that's right. One of the things I tell parents when they come to apply for admission to one day academy, they're all excited about cur- if they're first time homeschool parents, and they're all excited about curriculum and flexibility and co-ops and park days and all this great stuff. I always try to bring them back around to the most important thing that you'll deal with this year is how do mom and dad respond when they're confronted by their kids with sin in their lives. In the parents' lives. When the parents' sin is magnified because their kids are home all day, every day, the parents have a choice. They can explain it, justify it. They can tell the kids to go away and be quiet. And in that case, their homeschool journey is pretty much done. Or they can be remorseful. They can acknowledge that their children are correct. They can pray with their children. And their children will see them behaving like mature Christians are supposed to be acting and they'll have their children's hearts. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Uh, that is really powerful. We we have to be real and authentic with our children. And I, I think that's where our love for Christ really shines through with them. Right. Um, so David, I want you to tell me a little bit about your book, The Case for Christian Homeschooling examining the evidence. When did you write that and why did you write it? I wrote that between 2010 and 2011. Um, I wrote it because as a math professor, I still believe that when God created the world, math was the language that he spoke and that numbers help provide clarity. Uh, I use that in my 
health, maintaining my health and fitness. I use that in my work. I use it uh, everywhere I can. Numbers, if you, I had a friend one time said, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. So I wrote the book as primarily a statistical look at the fruit of homeschooling through the lens of high school seniors who are getting ready to take college tests and go off to college. And what did you find? Academically, I found that homeschool seniors uh, taking the SAT score in the 87th percentile of public school. And if wow. they're homeschool seniors who have taken some outside classes at co-ops or academies or uh, through friends who are knowledgeable, uh, it goes even higher. Um, socially, we... Uh, or let me back up. Biblically, we leaned into the Nehemiah Institute and found that whereas homeschool kids who grew up in the church, their thinking is on a scale of one to a hundred is in the high sixties. It's fairly biblical. Kids who grow up in the church and graduate from public school, their score is single digits. I think by 2018, it was at three. Mm. They're thinking was wow. similar to that of Karl Marx. So mm -hmm. homeschool parents who are believers are doing a great job of helping their kids learn how to think biblically. Um, mm -hmm. And the third part of it is socially, when homeschool kids graduate and go off to college, less than 5% of them abandon their faith. Whereas for kids who grow up in the church and graduate from public or private school, uh, they're walking away from their faith anywhere between 70 and 90% of the time, depending on whose study you read. But it's right, all right, bad yes. news. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's pretty significant. Um, okay. So I want to talk to you for just a minute about your journey into the world of homeschool co-ops and why you started the your co-op system, which is yeah. One Day Academy. So I might I might get in your grill if you call us a co-op. Okay. All right. Tell me. Correct me. In our training materials, we use the term academic resource. Uh, okay. But we're an we're an academy. Uh, I think co-ops are amazing. I've taught at them. My kids have gone to them. Uh, I love them because they have the ability to impact kids spiritually and to help develop friends and family friendships. Um, but by definition, co-ops are parents teaching other other people's kids. And we're distinct from that. All our teachers have degrees in their fields, and they all have uh, experience working with youth and children outside of the classroom. They are excellent teachers, and their their knowledge base is what you would expect from a teacher, from a professional teacher. Gotcha. Good to know. They just happen to love their material, and they happen to love homeschooling. That's part of the requirement. You have to love your material, and you have to love homeschooling. Okay. That's powerful. Joe and I started a co-op it's actually called excelsior academy and mm -hmm. um, where we do have teachers and it does make a difference um okay so tell me what led you to start one day academy well the honest truth is that i when i started doing my math classes i thought it would be something i would just do on the side for an enjoyment 
And every year it grew. And one year I told God that if my student load got to X students, I would quit UT and ACC and do this full time. And two weeks later, my student load was at X and off I went. Uh, so, so real start- quickly, tell us what you tell us what UT and ACC are for people outside of the Texas world. Okay. UT is the University of Texas, a major university where I was adjunct faculty, and ACC is the community college, Austin Community College, where I was also adjunct faculty. I'd been teaching at both of those and working with homeschool students, and at some point just quit and did home working with homeschool students full time. So you were telling me, you were telling the story before I interrupted you about you, you told the Lord that if your load, if you got to more than two days a week. Teaching two days a week, if I got to a certain number of students, I would quit UT and do it five, teach homeschool students five days a week. And it only took two weeks for my load to get to that point. Wow. And so is, and at that point is when you started One Day Academy. There was a one-year gap. For one year, I just did math full-time in five different co-ops and had 400 students that I was personally teaching. And at some point during that year, I ended up being in charge of the co-op in Georgetown. That's where it all started. I did an experiment in 2005 where I picked the teachers and I wrote the schedule and I provided the website. That was my first attempt at doing not just math, but doing a whole campus. So then at that point, you began your first one day academy after that year? Yes. That year after Christmas, I talked to parents, teachers, and students, and they all said that we should do more of it. So that spring, we did all the legal background work on One Day Academy. And in the fall of 06, we launched five campuses with 500 students, about 35 teachers. Wow. So tell us why One Day. David, explain what you think, of what, what your feeling is about that. I think that the statistics show that the more days a child spends on campus and the less days they spend at home, the more likely they are to wander away from their parents' values and dreams and biblical teachings. Um, So if you're on campus one day a week and at home four days a week, that's a very different ratio than if you're on campus two days a week at home three days a week. The dynamics are very different. If you're on campus three or four days a week, it's not really homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So the difference in one and two days, you go from 20% of the time to 40% of the time. 40%. That's right. That's correct. And, and Yes. And so you were explaining that to me. That's pretty amazing. Um, one other thing that you were explaining to me in terms of One Day Academy is that there are three things that are important to you, academics, church attendance, and worldview thinking and training. So right. do you have anything, any explanation or anything you want to say about those things? We, for a long time, have worked with parents who will sign our statement of faith. Most of them um, have been Christians for a long time. 
They have spiritual motivations for homeschooling their children. Parents from the very beginning, even before one day existed, parents were very clear with me. We don't homeschool for academic reasons. We homeschool for spiritual reasons. And as long as we're homeschooling, we just want to get the best opportunities we can. But about three or four years ago, we started as part of our admissions process, asking parents about their involvement in the local church. And if somebody's not involved in a local church, we politely decline and tell them that they can apply in six months or a year after they've had a chance to get settled into a local church. And the board did this because uh, we just felt like not just signing the statement of faith, but raising your children in community with other believers, with other adults, uh, that coming under the authority of the institutions that God creates, like the church, is important in a family. And if a family doesn't value that, they're going to have a difficult time uh, coexisting at One Day Academy. And it has made a difference. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Well, as we close, David, and thank you so much for being here, tell me what you think being part of an academy does to enhance the homeschool experience? I would say that it's kind of a, a seesaw. When they're younger, it's more about having friends that value being a part of a family that loves Jesus and is on campus. Uh, it's, it's enjoyable for the kids to come to campus one day a week and hang out with their friends and play games and sit in the break room and eat lunch together. Um, as they get older, it probably becomes more important that, you know, I jokingly say that one day Academy is like a halfway house, halfway in between the kitchen table and the university classroom. Uh, we help imitate the feel of the university, come to class, take notes, ask questions, do homework, get stressed out about quizzes and tests. Um, that sense of rhythm and and style helps the kids prepare for college so that when they get there, they're not blindsided by the experience of being in the classroom. And you think that can happen in just one day a week? I think that's really good news. It does happen in one day a week, yes. Um, it, it has the feel because there's some, some rhythm in terms of you come to class, you go home. You come to class, you go home. And whereas in a university, you might be in class two or three days a week, somehow the kids still get used to coming to class, taking notes, working with the professor and going home and working diligently. It really does. We average eight national merit finalists a year. We send hundreds of kids off to college and university uh, every year. It really, it really does work. Well, that's amazing. Well, as we close, David, tell us how people can find out, can get your book and find out more about One Day Academy. So the easiest way for all of that is onedayacademy.com. And if you click on the parents section, you can find the bookstore and my books, both of my books are there <laughs> if you want either one of those. Um and if you would like to contact me, uh, I am happy to tell people my email address. It's on the website 
Uh, but I'm very open to emails from anybody who would like to contact me for more information about One Day Academy. Is the email something you can give us here? If not, yes. we can. Okay. Yes, it's DF, as in David Franklin. It's DF Swarbrick. It's S-W-A-R-B-R-I-C-K at gmail.com. And I should say that after 18 years, we are finally comfortable considering starting One Day Academy uh, outside of the state of Texas. And if anybody has any interest in finding out about that process, I am the person to talk to. Perfect. Well, good to know. Well, David, thank you so much for being with us. It's been such a joy to get to know you and Terry um, over the years, and we, we really appreciate the contributions you've made to homeschooling. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy to be here. I've enjoyed uh, knowing you and Joe down through the years, and hopefully we this won't be our last hurrah together. We'll have other conferences and other events to work on together. Amen to that. And as you know, y'all can find me online. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook and at zantyler.com. I know you've enjoyed today and benefited from it. And until next time, bye. Bye.